Cornerstone Church. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Let's give them a hand. Amen. <laughs> I heard a uh, saying, by the way, my name is Sean Epking. I'm the lead pastor here if you're visiting with us. Thanks for coming on this awesome Mother's Day. I heard someone say one time that they said this. They said, a mother's love is a lot like the love of the Father God. Amen. Isn't that true? So let's give our mothers a great big hand for loving us. Amen. You know, we're on this series on life together. And uh, so I'm going to deal with a family just issue here is that, um, you know, during Mother's Day, it can be very hard for some people. And uh, some people really, you know, have a hard time even coming to church on Mother's Day because they either have lost their mom. And so it brings back memories of of loss and and mourning. They might have lost... uh, uh, mother might have lost one of their kids, and it's just really hard. And others, it's just some women that are really wanting to be pregnant and are having a hard time. And uh, what I want to do is I want to pray for you, and I want to just, uh, you know, the Bible says more than that mourn, and I just want to encourage you today through prayer and allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to come to comfort you. And listen, we know the struggle. We know the heartache that happens on, on sometimes on Mother's Day. I mean, Lisa and I have, have um, we, you know, had a hard time having kids. We do have three beautiful kids now, a 19-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old. But it wasn't an easy thing for us. In fact, the doctors told us we couldn't have uh, kids. And um, when we were praying for Josiah, you want to stand up, Josiah? Yeah, he does want to stand up. <laughs> He's not one of my shy ones. But anyway, um, when we were praying for him, Lisa you know, had gotten pregnant, and um, we um, were happy about that, and then she miscarried on Mother's Day. And so we definitely know the hardship and heartache that some of you are going through, but let me tell you something. You are not alone. We are family, and we are here for you, and I want to just pray with you. I want all, the, all of us together to just pray for those right now that are maybe having a hard time right now, okay? So let's bow our heads and let's pray, and let's pray just a blessing over them. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for all those who mourn, that are having a hard time even today, remembering those that they've lost, but also for those who are are wanting a, a blessing of a child, Lord. And I just pray that right now you comfort those right now that need comforting, and also encourage those that need encouraging. And I pray, God, for those mothers out there that want to be and want to have a child, that in the name of Jesus, I command their womb to come alive in Jesus' name, and they will have the children that you've called them to have in Jesus' name. And so I bless them, and I bless those who mourn right now and encourage them that they aren't alone, and God, you understand, and your Holy Spirit comes to comfort. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord praise right now. He's worthy. Amen. You know, I think on um, the last four years or so that we've been praying for moms who uh, who don't have kids on Mother's Day, that I have at least had one mom every single year come to say, I'm pregnant. Thank you for your prayers. So believe that for them because, you know, it is a hard thing. And believe that God's going to do something miraculous in their life. Amen? Amen. Once you turn to Hebrews chapter 10, if you want to follow along, there's some notes in your bulletin. You can follow along with us today. 
Um, by the way, as you're turning to Hebrews chapter 10, in the summer, starting in mid-June, just letting you guys know who are pre- want to prepare for this, we're going to go through a series through 1 Corinthians through the summer, okay? Now, we're not going to be able to go verse by verse because of time, but I want to bring out some of, the, some of the certain subjects that are in 1 Corinthians, and we're dealing with them as a nation also, some of those. But I, I want you to help me. Um, so I want you to go in and study, and if you feel like, you know, you want this subject to be talked about on a Sunday morning, I won't be able to get to everybody's, but if you could just email me or message me on Facebook, I would, I'd appreciate that. So if you have something in 1 Corinthians you just want us to explain or talk about on a Sunday morning throughout the summer, I, I encourage you just to go ahead and do that. And I'll do as many as I can, and, and if they're really good, I'll do them. The really bad ones, we'll act like we didn't even read them, okay? And... Um, <laughs> So, but just suggest those things. I would appreciate it. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. Let's go on and let's read this. He says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That day approaching is the coming of Christ. And um, what we're talking about, we're talking about doing life together. You know, uh, the beginning when God created man, he looked at man and he says, uh, man should not live alone. He should not be alone. And God has always done things through family. He's always done things through other people in our lives. And a lot of times we, we don't understand that. We think we can do things on our own and you can't. You and I need each other, right? We need each other. We need the family of God. I need people speaking into my life, and you need people speaking into your life. And so God created Adam. He looked back, and he says, I could do better, and got Eve. Amen? And, um, and, and, he, and he told them this. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Take dominion, subdue the earth. And so this is what God's intent was for none of us to ever to be alone. We are always to be part of the family. So God does this. He creates Israel. And Israel's purpose was to bring the word, the word is Jesus, to flourishing, to bring him here on this earth. And then when Jesus comes, he dies and rose again, went, went up to heaven. What did he create after that? He created the church, that's you and I. And the church is supposed to bring forth his kingdom here on this earth. And we're supposed to do it not by one person, but everybody together. In fact, when Jesus says you'll do greater things, I believe he's talking about us together as the family of God are going to see greater things in these last days. Amen? And so this is what the heart of God is. But a lot of times, just like this verse was saying in Hebrews chapter 10, is that there's some who forsake the assembly of, our, of, of, of ourselves. And that's, that's a very dangerous thing when you and I don't get involved in other people's lives and have in everybody else a part of our lives. See, being an isolationist means you, you remain apart from others. You may have some friends that you hang around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who can speak into your life, people who really love you, not because of what you give them, but because they love you because of how Christ loves them, and that people that, who are strengthening you up, and you're seeing this support that's going on in you. That is so important. That's why I say here, if you only come on Sundays, you're missing over 90% of what's the ministry that's going on here. Real ministry happens when we walk it out together as a family in smaller groups. And so that's the heart of God. And so if I, I, my challenge today, just like Bill challenged you last week, is to get involved in smaller groups. 
And it's so important because we need to rediscover the lost art of community. Because back then, back when Jesus started the church, the Holy Spirit poured out in Acts chapter 2, the church was started, that there was something great they had. Everybody's needs were met. Amen? Everybody had everything in common. They were going about the apostles' doctrine. They were doing fellowship, and they were strengthened, and all, everybody, people were being added to the church daily, all that were being saved. And see, that happens through community, and we need to just rediscover that com- community. And the, and, and the writer of Hebrews says, because we need to do it so much more because of the day approaching. How many believe that day is approaching quicker now than it ever has been before? Amen? And so we need to do that. But how do we start to rediscover community? Well, first, you've got to be present. You've got to be a part of that community. And that's why it says, don't forsake that. Be present. Come. Not just on Sunday mornings, but be a part of a ministry group. Be a part of a small group. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But not only come, you've also got to be open. It's got to be intimate. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. He's, he, it's very personal here. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Amen. And so it's not just about coming and filling a seat. It's about being healed up. It's about being open and, and, and letting people into your life where they can speak into your life and you can speak into theirs. And healing happens. Encouragement happens. There's a number of things that happen when you decide, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be open. I remember getting saved, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, is that we, we just looked for places that we could go and grow in and, and get community because, you know, we were just heathens. We didn't know anything about God. I, we didn't know about the Bible. We had one big old Bible that we weren't supposed to touch. And all we knew, we knew that we needed to get around other people who, who love God. That's the same desire you and I should have today. Even in this busy time, in this busy world, with all the kids stuff that we have, all the work stuff that we have, you need to take time to be present and to be open and allow God to do something in your life through somebody else. You need people. You cannot do church alone. Did you know that? God never intended you to be the church alone. You're only a part of the church. I'm not talking about just Cornerstone. The family of God, the part of God. When you become part of the family and you become part of that smaller group, when you be open and you're being present, if you're by yourself, even if you come here and just whiz, get out of here later on and, and just go do what you want throughout the week and you may be doing fine and everything's good, you still need each other. You need people in your life to speak into your life. Now, I'll show you why. Because real community gives me support. It gives me the support. The church should be a place of the support. Support. Now, we're not talking about the church. I'm not talking about the building. I'm not talking about the corporation. I'm talking about us together. Look around. You and I are the church, but we're only the church together when we're around other people. God compared this, the church, to a building in Ephesians chapter 2. Go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21. Look what Paul says here about the church. He says, in him, talking about Jesus, the whole building is joined together. So when you're separate by yourself, even just with your own little family, you're not being the church. You need others a part of your life. But when you come together in Him, in Jesus, the whole building is joined together. And what does happen when, it, when we do that? It rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. 
when you are together with other people, not just on a Sunday, but in other times, you're a holy temple unto the Lord. And that's where we begin to get support. Man, you don't know if you need support until you get into a place of shaking emotionally. You have emotions going wild, your physical things going wild spiritually. And those are the times you really need the support. When everything's going good, you feel like you're okay. And that's going to be the dangerous time that you feel like, well, I don't have to be involved. I want to warn you, and that's what the writer of Hebrews was warning. Don't go there. Be a part. Be a part. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather you be a part of a small group than you come here on Sunday mornings. And I know you don't hear a lot of preachers say that because we all have big heads and stuff and we want more people. But I'd rather you be a part of a growing group here. That is important. That's where the church really can happen too. Does it happen here? Yes, but it's only part of it. You need more. Romans 1, 11 through 12 says this, I long to see you. This is Paul talking. He says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I love that. That's what happens. When you're involved in a small group, that's what happens. You are encouraged by the word that's getting going off. But also, both of you. Paul's saying, it's not me just giving the word. I'm excited about giving my word. What he's saying is, I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to hear what the word of God has said to you during that week. I can't wait to get to you so we both, all of us, can be encouraged by each other's faith. I love that. I love getting together with other people. I love talking with other people. I love talking about the Word. I love telling them, man, I need some help. I need some prayer. That's so important. And there's support that happens when you have a place to do that. The second thing, real community accomplishes it it helps me grow the church is a place for you to grow and you, and and it's compared paul compares it to the body in ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 he says from him jesus the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work see that's why you and i can't do it alone we're part of the body and i need the other part I need everyone. Everyone in here has a part. You know that. No matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, you have a part. And you have a word that God has given you. You have a gifting that God has given you that I need. I don't have any everything. Even though I think I'm perfect. I have issues. Don't laugh at that. Everybody said, yeah, I know. We know. We all know your issues, Sean. I have issues, and I need people. I need the gifting that God has in you. Every one of us does that. That's why we can't do this alone. We need others to learn things, to be strengthened. It's bodies. It's each part doing their share. What is your share? What is your part? Our growth track that we have on Sunday mornings on uh, first service, during our first services down in the offices of the link, is part of that. I mean, that's our whole goal is to find your part in, in 301, which is next week, by the way. If you want to go to that, you're welcome to if you have never been. 
And we find out your giftings, and you find out what you're gifted at, and what's, what's, what you're bent to, and, and we help you find that place. And then 401, which is the next Sunday, you get to find, well, where can I fit here? But, but maybe there's not something here because God's called you here to produce your part. Maybe you are supposed to start another small group or another ministry or something. You know, that's our whole heart. We don't want you to fit into our box. We want what God has brought in place inside of you to grow and to create and to develop and to minister to the people that God has you to minister to. Do your share. So real community helps us grow in that. And I need each other. I need to do my part. You need to do your part. Number three, the real community also provides protection. You know, the church is a safe place, right? There's strength in numbers. In John 10, 11, Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. It's referring to us as, as flock or as sheep. There's protection amidst a bunch of believers. When you're getting beat up or tested, you need someone to go to bat for you in prayer. Does someone encourage you? You need somebody who will talk with you. There's power in numbers, amen? And you need people there for you. When you're going through those type of things, people can come around you and help you and support you. You know, we, um, you know, we have people call our church all the time asking for help in some way. We do what we can. But um, one of the things I hear Darla, always, uh, our, our church secretary, always asking them, Where, do you have a home church? Majority of times they don't. Man, I tell you what, that's one of the reasons we need to do our part and our share out there in the world to see people get into the family of God because Jesus did it all for them so they could. Listen, let me tell you something. I I would hate not having this family because I feel supported. I feel a part. And listen, this is for you because it brings protection. One of the functions of the church is to provide a covering and protection. And you have that. Our group of elders, our men here, group of elders that are, that are part of our eldership, are men who pray for you and protect you and will go to bat for you and will, do, will lay down their life for you. Not only that, our cell leaders. I, I believe most people in our church will do that. We have a great family here. And I know you're a second service. You may not know the first service, but there are just as many and they love you too. Switch it up a little bit. Find out more about your family if you can get up that early, some of you. And, um, but it's a safe place. And when you're part of a smaller group, because, you, listen, you're not going to be able to know everybody in our body. But you can know the few that can help you and support you. That's so important. There's a prayer shield. Every small group leader is praying for you. Listen, on your connection card, which you'll fill out here in a moment, on the back of it is, is uh, for prayer requests. You write those prayer requests down. Hundreds of people are praying for you when you do that. Our elders are praying. I'm personally praying for you every single day. I go through that list. We have a morning Bible study here at 6 a.m. And, and they are praying for you. We have a morning prayer on Saturday morning. We are praying for you. There's prayer going out all over this place. I don't know how many, how many people are on our prayer list. I mean... 93 prayer warriors that get that list and pray for you. There's prayer support. And how many guys know prayer works? John 15, 12, John chapter 15, verse 12 through 13, Jesus said this. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, than to lay their life down for their friends. If you're alone, how are you going to lay your life down for somebody? Because we're called to be like Jesus, right? That's the way you do that. You step out in faith. You become vulnerable, yes. And you build relationships. And number four, the fourth and the final reason is real community shows me love. Shows me I have a family. Church is a place for you and I to have a family. True love. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. You know, a family is a place that you sh- is a place where you're loved unconditionally. And that's what we strive here. We love people unconditionally. Even though none of us are perfect, and we make mistakes, and we say things we shouldn't say, and we do things we shouldn't do. You may be sitting right next to somebody, and they smell, but you love them. <laughs> we tolerate people you know, that are different than us, right? We tolerate even things we don't like. Some of you might not like some of the songs we sing sometimes. Some of you may, may not like that. I mean, so you may like, oh, I only like half of them. But that's okay because we love one another because we know the other part and other, other people like those songs. Some people love singing How Great Thou Art because it means something really deep inside of them. And some of you may not like more the newer style of worship music because you don't get it, but you know you love others because some of the younger generations do. Look around you. We have a multi-generational church. That's God intended. And so we tolerate what we don't like because we love one another, right? Amen? And we love that. And if you're perfect and you think you're perfect, you can definitely ask the person next to you. They'll tell you the truth. This isn't the church for you because we're all messed up. If you have a few hang-ups, even if you have a few screws, screws loose, and some of you really do, a few bad habits, you maybe have some shady stuff in your past that you're trying to get rid of, and you may not have everything all together, this is definitely the place for you. This is the place for people who have blown it and want to change who want to grow, who want to make a difference, who, want to, who admit that they don't have it all together. And one of the reasons our church has been blessed so much is because we do, we love each other. We love you. And that's one of the things that we strive to do. Now, we're not perfect, we're human, you know that? But that's what we strive to do. We even love people who leave our church. We bless them. In fact, if ever, God ever calls you to leave our church, leave. We will help you. Not because we want you to go. Because we want you to follow God. As long as you're going somewhere else to be connected, that you're part of the family. Amen? Just because you don't come here doesn't mean you're not part of our family. We love you. And we care for you. And that's so important. Galatians 5, 6. Look what this says. Says the only thing that counts. Let me read that again so you get it. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's the only thing that counts. And this is what we strive to do. And this is what family is. Because this is what church is. It's a place where 
where community happens. It's where help is encountered and hope is given. Grace is preached and faith is encouraged and life is enjoyed and family is found. That's what we are. And when you open yourself up and you become present, you're going to find hope. You're going to find family. You're going to find love. You're going to encounter God. Because where there's two or more, there he is in the midst. Right? Amen? One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand. There's strength in those numbers. So I want to challenge you not to just be involved on Sundays, but get involved with others. Become part of the family. And you do that by getting involved in smaller groups than what is here. Get involved with Celebrate Recovery that's on Tuesday night. They're family there, trust me. Get involved in our, in our small groups, our life cells. Get involved in our Wednesday night Bible classes when we have them scheduled. And we do have them scheduled numerous times. Get involved in even our Bible college that we have on Tuesday night. Covenant Bible College and Seminary. I know it costs money, but I tell you what, they're a family there. Get, a part, get in part with some of our women's and men's things that are going on. Men, you know, go on the canoe trip here in, in, in June. I mean, it's just a great time. It's a fun time. Even if you don't want a canoe, you can go there. And when everybody else is gone, you can go and play jokes on them. It's really good. I mean, <laughs> I can help you do that. Become someone who serves with our ushers and greeters. You know, our ushers and greeters, they do a great job. They meet beforehand, before church, and they pray. A lot of good men and women who are part of that. Get involved in those things. Get involved in children and youth ministry. And if you're musical and you sing well, not just because your mama says so, be a part of our worship team. It's all community. Everything's community. Everything's done by team. Everything is done by that. That's where the real life of Cornerstone is. That's where the real life of what Jesus commanded his church to be. Is to be in that community with each other. To grow, to serve, to minister, to reach out. And to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's the heart of God. Turn in your bulletin, get in your bulletin. There's a sheet I want you to look at here for a moment. If you want to be a part of a small group in any way, if you want to be part of ushers and greeters or children's ministry or just one of our life cells, I want to encourage you to write that down and, and put it in the offering basket as it goes by. And there may be you that are in here that feel called to, to lead a group. We'll put that down and we'll, we'll share with you what's, what's the process of doing that. Amen? So put that down and we'll get that and and we'll get you in, in contact with the right people. Amen? And so you can be part of the family. Because we don't want anybody to fall through the cracks. We want you to be part. You are family. Amen? Amen? So bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray. Father, I just pray for everyone in here. That, Father, you made everyone important. You caused them and gifted them to do something for you. They're part of the body which every part supplies. And so I bless them. Father God, so show them what they're supposed to do. Show them how to connect. And we'll help them do that. So they can be part because we're missing those who aren't a part. And so Father, in the name of Jesus, I just bless them right now and I thank you for them.
We bless everyone in here, God, that they will grow in you, that they'll be protected, they'll be supported, and they'll find the love you have for them, and that they can express those things too. Love, support, protection. And we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus for that. With everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed, you're sitting there right now. You're saying, Sean, I want to be a part of that kind of a family where I'm accepted and I'm loved, where I can grow and I can change. But you know you're something missing. You know you need something more. You feel an emptiness inside. You probably have said this, is there something more in this life than what I have? Well, let me tell you what you need. That you just need to give your life completely over to God. That's the first step to enter the family. God sent his son Jesus to this earth over 2,000 years ago so the door could be open where we can become one of God's family again. But the only way we can do that is by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior and accepting all that he did because he came not only to live on this earth, but also die for you and I to be punished for his sins. He took your sin, everything that you've done wrong, my sin, everything I've done wrong, upon himself, but he took the punishment for it. So we wouldn't have to go through that. And so we could live the life that he's always called us to live. What he made you for. And how you get that life is by just saying, God, I give you my life and I accept all that you have for me. I can make you the Lord of my life. And I say that you are my Savior. And the Bible says that when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That means the door is open for you to walk in and become part of the family. So I want to give you an opportunity, those who don't, ha- haven't done that yet. So if you're here today and says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to do that right now. I want to give my life totally, completely to him. I want to pray with you right where you're at. I'm going to ask you that you just raise your hand and you can put it down as, after I acknowledge it. So I can see it and I can pray for you. So if you want to do that right now, says, Pastor Sean, I want to give my life to Christ. I may not know everything about it, but I know I need him. Raise your hand right now where you're at, right where you're at. Okay, you can put your hands down. Anybody else? Says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to him. I don't want to leave this service without making my life right with God. Anybody else? A few hands went up already. Anybody else? Says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to him. Any more? Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. God's so good. So this is what we're going to do. I want to pray, and I want you to repeat the words that I say. I want everyone in the church to do that. And those who raise their hand that says, this is for me, I want to give my life to Jesus, just mean it with all your heart, and this is what God's going to do. He's going to come into you, meet you right where you're at, and the Bible says you will be saved. Now, it's just the beginning of a great adventure with the Lord. I want you to know that. I did this over oh, oh, back in 1983. It was the greatest day of my life. And I tell you what, this will be a start of a great journey with God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you from this point on. Because you gave your life to him. You accepted all that he did. And you're going to accept the life. You're going to learn more about him. So I want all of us to pray these words that I say. And repeat them after me. And mean it with all your heart. Those who want to give their life to the Lord today. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father God. I come to you, and I give you everything. I accept all that Jesus did for me. I know that he died on the cross for me. He took my sin upon himself so I could live. 
So right now, I make him the Lord of my life. I give him everything that I have. And I receive all that he's given me. And I thank you, Lord. I believe on you. And I confess you now as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen.